Sometimes, when you're lost in thought, you would rather not find yourself. Are you ready to explore possible answers to curious questions? And to delve into the depths of our subconscious dreamscape? Neither are we, but we're going to try. My name is Jonathan. And my name is Quinn. And this is Zoned Out. So, we each have a few topics we'd like to discuss. We're going to build off last time. Um, last time we talked about the machines, uh, technology, yeah, and uh, artificial intelligence and the machines, yes. Um, so, and advice from the uh, the monk who sold his Ferrari. Can't forget that. Oh shit! There's more daily advice, but I'd have to get up and get it. So, <laughs> so not today. So not today. <laughs> if only Quinn reminded me of this. Whatever, it does not matter. It is of little consequence. We are our own advisors for today. Mm-hmm. One thing that is valuable is trust in oneself and mm-hmm. one's abilities. That's my advice. That's anyway. that's good advice. I, I like that advice. That's good. Okay, okay. Um, so building off last time, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk a bit about. I want to talk about a bit like dystopian future. Okay. And the possibility of a dystopian future. Cyberpunk. The, the realistic possibility of a dystopian future. Do you uh... think it's possible? Do you think it's realistic at all? Because I've seen, personally, I'm going to reference Black Mirror here. I've okay. seen lots of episodes of Black Mirror. I haven't, for one. And Well, not lots. I've seen a few. And well, let's Okay, fine. Most of the episodes of Black Mirror that I see, mm-hmm. I look at them and I think, damn, that shit will never happen. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. Is, is Black Mirror the one where they had that one episode with the little earworm that was in the guy's ear and it was like saying stuff into his ear but it, that you didn't know it was an earworm until the end and it was like this really high frequency noise and he was going insane and he started like doing crazy stuff inside of his house and at the end he just kind of like hangs himself and then the fucking worm escapes his ear when the police are inspecting the dead body. Uh, is that a Black let Mirror me fact episode? Fact check that. Yeah. I don't know. I've only seen a few episodes. I said lots, but that was actually a gross exaggeration. <laughs> uh, black Mirror really... earworm. <laughs> Let's see, dude. You were like, you were like the uh, people. I watched this one YouTube video. Was like, how well do Travis Scott fans know the lyrics? And one of the one of the guys like uh, or girls that they were interviewing they said like a really popular song like a super popular song and these people are outside a live event about to go see Travis and they didn't know what the fuck it was at all they were just like um I don't know I don't know that like I, I think it was the song Antidote Jonathan it was Antidote it was Antidote and he said like the first words of the chorus and the guy was sitting there like oh do I have to keep going and the guy who was interviewing him was like yeah you have to keep going and he was just like oh I can't do that I can't do that it's like dude you didn't even finish the chorus <laughs> this, is, this is the most popular song okay and he's like I'm a main <laughs> this is you with this is you I'm, with Black Mirror this is you with Black Mirror did the episode have Miley Cyrus in it um I okay well, for one I watched it a very long time ago I don't know if Miley Cyrus. A very was long in it. time ago sounds like it wasn't Black Mirror then because Black Mirror is more recent. How recent is it? Like 2016. Yeah, no, no, I could have watched it in 2016. Yeah, definitely. Okay, anyway, I looked up Black Mirror earworms, and I only found things an episode that came out in 2019, so it would have been impossible. Oh, uh, okay. So that's what you're that's referring true. to. Yes. So you're probably talking about talking about something else. Something Hopefully, else. Hopefully. Well, I was about to say, hopefully someone who's listening knows what you're talking about, but I <laughs> hope that no one knows what you're talking about because they're going to be like, God damn it, why doesn't he remember what it is? <laughs> but anyway, let's go back to what I was saying. Dystopic futures, mm-hmm. realistically. Yes. What do you think? What are your thoughts on it, Quinn? 
on dystopian futures just in general yeah, so yeah in general that's kind of kind of broad so i, I gave three examples the giver handsmaid's tale and black mirror so black mirror is based on like dystopian futures that are brought about by technology and social media specifically because the whole point of the of the name of the series black mirror is in reference to when your cell phone's turned off it is a black mirror i don't I know if you even, knew that but that's i didn't even know that anyway so do you think social media will have a hand in the downfall of human society and the and bring about uh a dystopian future what do you think well as far as social media goes i have had i don't even know if i want to say it's a pleasure but a, inside of one of my science courses at university well i enjoyed it but uh, i had to do okay, a presentation okay. on uh, how society is regulated by well, two concepts that are known as formal science which i've already talked to jonathan a little bit about because it had to do with an essay uh and the standard account and these two things uh, we proposed inside of our group, they regulated society. And one of the things that we talked about is social media. Now, for listeners who don't know, formal science is just really just science that's done inside of a laboratory and uh, something that is institutionalized and something that is used to tackle large issues uh, that people want solved. So things like the Internet coming about, that's a process behind uh, formal science and computing. And social media is a result of that. We have created the internet we are now capable of going about connections between each other really quickly so do i think that that would relate to a dystopian future a little bit towards regulating society i think that if social media can already be used to have a sort of backstory behind any person prior to meeting them and only really real world example i can think about right now would be jobs and whatnot i don't know how heavily i'm not inside of the whole interviewing uh, world but as far as that goes I'm I, I'm led to believe that inter uh, people who are interviewing you can take a look at your online imprint possible hires yeah, yeah. employers yeah exactly so possible employers can look at what you've done online prior to even meeting you and they can form a relationship with you or a certain understanding of who you are prior to even seeing you now this could be a good understanding or it could be a bad understanding and just with as far as we've reached a future and we we know we have the uh whole thing going on in the u.s where government surveillance is huge and there was a big issue with that a while ago when it first uh came out that the government was surveilling a lot of people i think that as far as a dystopian future goes we could be living inside of an area where it's almost kind of developing like that if your every move is being watched by somebody and it is being regulated by somebody is that a dystopian future I don't think that we're there yet. I don't, I don't think that we're there yet because uh, although we're definitely being regulated, I don't think that we're being regulated to the max. I still have a somewhat like capability to do. Well, there's a difference between um, surveillance and regulation. That is true. I think that surveillance is true right now. Regulation is true to a certain extent, not to its maximum constant. Yeah. Extent, yeah. sorry. But if the regulation part was to its maximum extent, then I think it would be a dystopian future, would it not? It would be living under a regime. It Some people like to believe happen. that we're not like being constantly listened to and there isn't one there isn't a, a person um constantly just like on the other end of every single device that's on that you own listening to you which probably isn't the reality mm-hmm. definitely everything is being recorded constantly that's what i think like everything every single like for every single microphone that's currently 
every single microphone that's attached to a computing device that has the drivers to run it, which which is what I mean. Like how 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 I mean that is it's able to turn on is currently and has access to the internet is currently like recording everything, so that either like Apple or Google can use it in reference to like advertising. But that's pretty much it. Facebook. Uh, or Facebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like it's not like someone sitting there listening to you. And okay, let me bounce off what you said before about the employers. Do you mm. think that your social media presence would leave a good impression, neutral impression, or bad impression on an employer looking at your everything you've done on social media, regardless of whether or not you think they'd be able to find it? Let's just say that they could find it. Oh, okay. Um, if they could find it, uh, I didn't. I don't think I've done anything like questionable on there. Uh, yeah, I think that. If they were able to see into it, I don't think that I have that bad of a history. I don't think I've done anything that is disreputable to my name. Uh, like, I think that as far as like my Instagram account goes, that's probably the most online presence that I have that's like out there that's still out there, something that's like concrete. Uh, I don't know. Are you saying that they're able to access conversations that I've had? Like, like that type of stuff or is it just what's uh, base out let's there? say no because that seems a little bit unrealistic yeah i don't think that yeah i don't think that's realistic but yeah no, as far as my social media goes i think that the most they're going to realize is i'm just a stereotypical teenager like uh, that that's about it i don't know i don't think like uh, yeah, i don't think my instagram presence even though it's the most i have and even at then most people who know me well know that i don't use instagram often at all and I don't really use Snapchat that often either. You, uh, Jonathan, has experienced difficulties with contacting me many times. I will message Quinn on Snapchat, and then uh, eight days later, he will be like, "Ha ha, lol." <laughs> yeah. That is that is pretty much the extent of Snapchat. And it's the same with Instagram. Well, Instagram is even worse. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll send I'll send a I'll send a photo to Quinn on Instagram in the DMs, and then a month later, he won't have replied, and I'll be like, "Quinn, why didn't you look at my thing I sent you?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that." <laughs> That's it. That's what. Ha- that's what. Ha- that's what happens. That, that's uh. Yeah. No, actually, I I was thinking about that because as much as that's like it sounds kind of bad when uh, when you're talking about that because it's like oh my god why why can't Quinn just do the common sense thing of responding to his best buddy like what's going on here? But at the same time, I also feel uh, that I have a good qua- quality to myself being that I'm not on my phone that constant. Like I think that me being on my phone a lot would directly relate to me being on those types of apps like Snapchat and Instagram that constantly. And I, even though I've referenced TikTok on zoned out, I don't go on TikTok that often at all. I only use TikTok. Well, I don't even have TikTok. So yeah, I know you don't have it, but for me, I only use it a couple. Uh, I use it for like 10 minutes every uh, morning. Uh, just to wake up like I'm not, I'm not even really processing some of the information when I first look at it because you ever have that like experience where when I wake up the alarm is the postal shuffle and I just get up and dance <laughs> okay perfect there you go for me I just use TikTok as like the remedy to like oh, get uh, out of the groggy state just okay. lie there in bed comfort and uh, watch some TikToks but other than that I really don't use my phone that often and I think that there's a lot of people whose lives are controlled by their phone and I've never lived like that. And I'm glad to say that I've never lived like that. I appreciate moments outside of things like that. I mean, I am on my computer a fair bit, like watching Netflix or whatnot, um, or watching movies that I enjoy. And I was going to talk to Jonathan about something that I was wanted to plan my time with, but I'd like to stick with this dystopian idea first. Maybe we'll bring that up later inside of a podcast. But 
I don't go on my phone that often. I think that there's a lot of people and I don't want to be necessarily sexist, but Jonathan, would you agree that there are a lot of girls, like especially girls who are uh, on a more popular end who just use their phone or use those apps that we mentioned constantly? Would you agree? Because uh, in my experience, that has been yeah. the case. I don't want to like pinpoint I anything or make any stereotype. I mean, you don't. I mean, okay, okay. You went to broad. If you're looking bro. at, if you're looking at, if you're okay. One, you have to define popular here. But if you're looking at popular, like stereotypical sort of popular, uh, younger women, then they would probably be using social media a lot because, like, they have to, they have to maintain their fame, right? So, okay. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say that it's like necessarily. I don't want to say this, this necessarily that's bad. Just, that's just the popular in quotations. I'm making quotations. Yeah, you can't see. Okay, uh, women. Not I all of them. Obviously. Even girls. Uh, even girls who you wouldn't consider that popular. And I mean popular is out of a very general sense. Because after being removed from the high school scene, my idea of like popularity has scene. shifted. It. I mean. The high school scene for us, because uh, for those of you who don't know, me and Jonathan went to uh, quite a small high school, I would say. Uh, obviously not the smallest. Um, what do we, we had like a thousand kids? See, if you're listening to this and you don't know us. Uh, that's actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you don't know us, that's weird. <laughs> Interesting. Well, nice you, you said that you, there was. I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice to meet I'm you. I'm glad that you're listening. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say anything that will undermine those people. And and I know that there are a lot of people who use their phones a lot. And I think that if you are very popular, like Jonathan said, you have to maintain a certain presence online. And that's okay. I'm not trying to undermine that. Although in some circumstances, I do believe that it could end up being bad. Uh, but for... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Give me a second here. You're saying you're not trying to undermine that. But my mm -hmm. idea of popularity in that way just isn't valuable unless you're like what what do you mean it's not valuable it's not valuable in any way why why do you think kylie jenner is as rich as she is no 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 no, no. i okay i don't mean valuable like materialistically oh okay, valuable. okay okay i mean valuable Fair. as in like oh for yourself those and your people mental should health. be judged kylie, kylie jenner should be judged not you know what i mean like <laughs> i mean not, well maybe not judged but i'm like, not i'm not judging kylie jenner because analyzed let's put i don't want to we shouldn't necessarily put down Kylie Jenner just for I don't actually you know what I'm not even going to talk about it anymore like this is just so yeah I don't think it's worth talking about <laughs> I, just, I mean like I, I the, the last thing I would say like uh, about that is if you're able to use that platform to get yourself a lot of money like props to you if it's a completely legitimate way of doing it it's yeah, but not some who random has a lot of money and doesn't use it wisely just is, is kind of questionable yeah that's true kind of questionable I don't know. Watching, um, watching. Uh, I recently. Anyone who has a lot of material possessions is kind of questionable, honestly, because in order to have things, you have to have spent money on them, mm -hmm. and that's money you could have spent, you know, helping people. Yes, true. Honestly, and Quinn and I, I mean, obviously, like, I can't just say these things like, I, like I'm a preacher and I'm a perfect human being. Like, I don't know, <laughs> Quinn and I want to go to Italy, and that obviously is what will cost thousands of dollars, and uh, uh, school those is expensive. Of could theoretically be used to do other things pay for someone home someone who's homeless their dinner instead of a flight to italy but such is the way of the universe uh you can't stop us <laughs> you can't stop us from going to italy <laughs> yeah it doesn't mean okay i don't know well who's to say like who's to weigh the good actions and bad actions that one takes in their life i'm going to assume or not assume but 
it is my it is going to be my very uh earnest goal in life to do more good than bad do a vast vastly more amount a higher amount of good than bad that's good in my life and italy so i spend a few weeks not being an angel okay i'm in italy relaxing come on just let me <laughs> yeah i know I think when i get that... back i will become a, a missionary i just want to go to italy <laughs> yeah no yeah I, I think it's fair uh i don't know you know we only have so much time with our uh lives inside of our youth anyways to uh do things like these and uh, i think that the older we get uh the more that those opportunities will kind of just pass us by and we'll kind of be swept up into other activities such as stereotypical people who are old and who are listening Mm -hmm. don't let this undermine your self self uh appreciation and belief in because you have more opportunities yeah. than you if realize. you want to do it if you want to go out there if you want to go and the get yourself fly out, don't let your dreams be dreams yes don't let your dreams be dreams here is out rip headphone users anyway <laughs> uh, anyways back to dystopian futures and away from this social media jargon uh because i am just saying that a lot of people are on their phones a lot and uh, as far as that goes as as a general concept uh, i think that you sort of lack uh, an appreciation for everyday things at that point and i think that i've talked about it on this podcast before Uh, i've talked about how there's things that are associated with being on your phone that just give you little releases of dopamine and you really just want that experience and you kind of become addicted to it. And I think that I've heard a lot of people talking about either on newscasting things or uh, other sorts of things, the type of things that my mother listens to uh, that talk about people being like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd, once I put my phone down, I just start freaking out. Like I just need to have it in my hand. I don't oh, experience my. that at all. I could throw my phone away like my phone is purely for communication with my friends and family and that's what i think i need it for and that's what i use it for i don't even watch youtube on my phone sleep at night (laughs) yeah why did you why don't you just sit jonathan why don't you just sit there i don't have i mentioned meditation on this podcast before i don't know i yeah last one you did last uh did i I even did i mention it or was i just talking you mentioned tell you about it you mentioned it I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Maybe you didn't mention your personal experience, but you mentioned it. Yeah. So I tried meditation since talking about it on the podcast. Hopefully, I'm not repeating well, myself. Okay. I want to ask if we've done this on the podcast before. Have we talked about? Because this relates to when I was talking about dystopian reality of us okay, being sure. regulated. Does have we talked about free will on the podcast yet? I th- uh, like we I we well, have we definitely have yeah, yeah we definitely have but whether it's been on the podcast or not I don't know no no no, no. we've talked we don't know we've definitely have talked about it on the podcast uh, okay. like in the first f- first few episodes we talked about mm-hmm. free will yeah I think that has a little bit to play because when we're talking about because yeah, we talked about causality so we talked about free will yeah okay yeah so in relation to um in relation to um what's it called uh, the omniscient I forget what the yes but I forget what the actual term is in uh, sociology or in ethics or whatever the heck. So it's whatever the heck the, the uh, um, school of thought is, or oh, okay, is. the thought community, yeah. Uh, um, well, either but, way, I think that it relates a little bit differently from when we've talked before. Because when we're talking about regulation inside of society, we're also talking about do we think oh, that we have free will? Predetermination. That's what it's called. Okay, but we're also anyway, talking about free will. 
would you agree like that when we're talking about us being regulated we might think that we're not getting regulated like you said before oh this future might actually be right now we might actually be in a situation where we're constantly being regulated or we're constantly being sir like you said everything's being recorded or whatnot does that kind of relate to our free will or or not i think it does because do we actually feel like we have free will because if if somebody wanted to regulate everyone they would probably want you to think that you have free will that way you're just sound and safe inside of where you are do we do you feel like you have free will do i feel like i have free will it's uh, an interesting question yeah i feel like I, mean, I feel like i have free will i think i have free will has society been completely designed to socialize us growing up and teach us what it does not want us to do to the point where subconsciously we think it's that we think it's what we want and not just what society wants. We mm-hmm. think it's what we genuinely want. And therefore we think we have free will and we're deciding to do this when really we are, it isn't a decision. It's something that's been forced upon us, but we just, it's, it's done so well and so geniusly that we, don't, <laughs> we are ignorant to it. Well, that's, that's the best way to coerce someone, is it not? If you can get them to think that it's their idea, then that's the best way to persuade someone that is, to do something. That is the sociological idea of coercion in, uh, in, um, uh, conflict theory, I think, is what it's called. Um, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. It would just be an ultimate mass coercion. <laughs> I don't know if it's happening or not. And, and it's hard to kind of prove whether or not that would be happening because it, as far as it goes, it, that would be your greatest enemy in trying to prove that. Every single time you would think about, hey, is this something that has just been implanted in me since a child? You would inherently, while conducting research as to prove whether or not you're being regulated like that, uh, you would inherently think that that is the right decision okay, anyways, well, right? What's one of the things that society might have put in us that we did not... You have to go to school. Ourself? You have to go to school? Mm-hmm. See, I don't think that. I don't think you have to go to school either. But are you in school? Why are you in school? Because, I guess... Shit. Yeah, maybe... <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah, like your idea... No, I, well, I don't know. Of, I guess my parents and like... When you know. said... When you said... It's definitely parents. It's a, it's a parents thing, I feel like. For, for me, I, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's really a parent's thing because when you said that when you think it's your own idea, I think that that happened to me with school. Like I thought it was my own idea. I think I've been coerced inside of that sense. I can't necessarily say that that's for everything that I've ever done in my life. Like how we're hopefully proposing. Not. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully my entire life isn't a complete lie. But as far as school goes, I do think I was coerced into going to school. School is just one of those things that I always told myself, yeah, you have to do this. This is something you have to do. This is my decision. I want to do this. I want to go forth with this. And as of right now, I don't necessarily regret that. I I think that school is doing a very good job at getting me to learn about myself and learn about how how society works and just learn about a lot of different things that I find interesting. And as a result, I'm glad to be gaining this knowledge. And I guess this kind of We'll segue into what I wanted to talk about, what I want to spend my time on, uh, Jonathan, if you'd, if you'd like to hear that. I would like to get back sure. to talking about dystopian futures, though. But maybe I'll just butt in with this. Um, so I was thinking to myself, as I usually end up thinking but stopping my thought train on, do you ever have you ever found yourself inside of a conversation where you were either thinking, saying, or hearing uh, the words that sound along the lines of, 
hey, the internet today, people have access to all the knowledge that they could ever ask for. All of human knowledge, or almost a lot of human knowledge is on the internet. And younger people, or people who are inside of this age, they have access to things that nobody had access to before. You were never able to just get your hands on this type of information like Wikipedia uh, and stuff like that on the internet. And you had to look up stuff through libraries and whatnot. And now we have online libraries and we've moved everything into a place where it's much more accessible. But despite this, people who are young, like me and Jonathan's age or younger than us or even slightly older than us, uh, we don't ever use that. Even though people who are older than us, a lot of people, I, I've heard this mostly from my father, but uh, would have killed to been able to have access to the um to the information that we do but they don't and or they didn't and now that we do we we kind of take that for granted uh, sure i have access to a multitude of information on wikipedia and on google scholar pubmed whatever source you want to talk about or whatever search engine I, I could research whatever i want but i it's not like i'm going to do it so i was thinking about that one day and i was like well why the hell don't i do it why don't i make use of this knowledge that's available to me and now that i'm in university i have access to a lot of uh, articles i don't know if any of you have ever gone in google scholar before but if you click on some articles a lot of them won't let you see the full article unless you subscribe to something but because i'm in a university institution they provide credentials to look at a lot of things and i am interested in learning about things that I've always questioned, but I've questioned them and it's been the same kind of sense that stops me from looking things up on the internet. I've always just right, said so to myself, the question, so the, so I've developed multiple questions that I want to do a research paper on because it's kind of like, this is things that I've questioned before and I've just always left alone. And who am I to trust anybody telling me any answer to these types of questions? Why don't I just look at the studies for myself, see what actual people are doing work on, see how they did the work and what results so they achieved doing to that work. So find anything is the real question. I, I'm, I haven't uh, started it yet, unfortunately, because oh, I, had okay. to, I had to write my essay and uh, we're starting the movie script. Um, but... One of the, the okay, first explain the movie script because like that they won't know what that is. Oh, sorry. Um, a couple of our friends, uh, including uh, slightly Jonathan, or I'm trying to get Jonathan uh, involved in some things. Uh, we're writing a movie script. Uh, during this quarantine time, we have a lot of time to do things. So, uh, one of the things we wanted to put our time towards that would be productive would be developing a movie script. And then once quarantine's over, uh, whether that be in the, in this coming summertime, <laughs> fingers crossed that it ends by then. Uh. Uh, we would just film the movie once quarantine ends. And that's actually the plot of the movie. It's just uh, going to be a bunch of people getting together after quarantine ends. Uh, yeah, it's just a fun activity to go about doing. Anyways, so basically I was thinking, how can I spend my time on something that's worthwhile? And one of the questions that I wanted to ask was, is vegetarian diet actually better than uh, uh, being an omnivore, like having a balanced diet with meat? Because I've always wondered that. Like, I, I have it's morally better. Uh, I think, that, yeah, definitely morally better, and I definitely support Although those morals. Although veganism is probably the superior one, but yeah. I don't, I don't even know how, what I'm going to help. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree with the morals behind veganism and vegetarianism. I, I remain to this day an omnivore, even though I have a. I've told Jonathan of this inside of uh, my residence at school. I have the ability to kind of do a vegetarian diet if I so choose to. Uh, if I if I so choose to. 
And if I so choose to, <laughs> if I choose to, I can do a vegetarian diet on my residence. And that kind of gave me an opportunity where inside of residence, there was a bunch of people watching this documentary about uh, plant-based diets for athletes game changers and for everything. I'm, that might've actually been the name of it. And I know that was the name of it. So that was a, uh, that was interesting and as a result of seeing that i was like i'll try out uh being a vegetarian and i did it for over two weeks i was vegetarian and i didn't have any meat ah two weeks Uh, impressive it's it's, uh, honestly uh, looking back on it now um it wasn't that bad at all the worst part about it was that my cafeteria on my residence had just some very bad food every once in a while like you would look at the meat option and it looked really good as good as a cafeteria would get and then the freaking vegetarian option every once in a while it just was not up to standard they still offered it every single time but every once in a while was delicious every once in a while they made this like soy based chicken like stir fry that was delicious every they would uh make a chickpea curry sauce that you could put on top of rice and it was really good uh, anyways, it just some of the food was just so bad during that time where I was still eating it because I was doing the vegetarian thing. I was like, oh, my God, if I could only be like in my own house right now uh, where I would just be making whatever meal I wanted, then it would be I could probably make an actually like uh, good tasting meal. But I, yeah, have, if to, I, knew how to I cook, have to eat this garbage. I could be vegan, but the <laughs> cooking is a problem. <laughs> well, anyways, so I wanted to this has been a question that I've asked and have been asked and have heard people asking about or talking about for a very long time. And I think most people have heard or been inside of a discussion like this. Oh, like is vegetarianism better? Is being a vegan better? Uh, is being omnivore better? And, and there's people who swear by each. So do I really know the answer to that? No, but I've never actually but delved into But we do have it. at our disposal one vegetarian and one omnivore to talk to talk to yeah by which i mean myself and and quinn Quinn. yeah well i'm saying that i want to do a deep dive on whatever research articles i can get my hands on and just create this massive research project like i would just want to obsessively read on this topic until my mind has wrapped itself as much around the subject as possible i've read many studies and at that point uh, i think that i could have a better understanding not saying that i'll have a concrete decision but I'll be able to have a better understanding and make changes to my lifestyle based on that. And I'm not going to preach I mean, it or anything. Logically, I mean, I might preach it, but okay. logically, well, because like, I don't know, people, when you think of the idea of preaching, it's just like illuminating or elucidating ideas that uh, the person believes in and the beliefs are right. And I, I definitely believe my, what I think about it is right. And like, um, I definitely believe that, uh, how industrialized uh, our food is mm-hmm. and how disconnected pe- like the average person is like really disconnected with like where the food actually came from mm-hmm. <laughs> and people might hear that a lot and like not really think about it um or they might think about it but i don't know uh like like i, I was ta- like um for example in sociology like in in sociology class in my lecture we were talking about animals and our humans relationship with animals like humanity's relationship with animals or non-human animals see it argues that even this classification of animals is bad because it's like humans are animals, obviously, like biologically speaking. So separating separating 
every non-human animal by calling them animals is a problematic way of thinking and speaking. Human exceptionalism. Exactly. It's sort of like a humanos. It's anthropocentric or whatever. I forget what the word is. Um, uh, but it's sort of believing that humans are like above everything, above nature. Human and, and exceptionalism. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's another word for it. Oh, that's what I learned it as. I don't know. Did you, do you take sociology? Uh, no, but I uh, I had to learn about human exceptionalism. That was good. I anyway. Yeah, no. We're on the same page here. Yeah. Um. See, uh, I've lost my train of thought now. But anyway. Well, um, I wanted to add something onto dystopian futures. Wait, wait, wait! wait. I want to finish. Yeah, yeah, what I was you saying. can you can get it. Yes. I believe that it's right to preach about, like, typically, I don't know, I let people be, go about their business, whatever, but I think if someone's just sitting there and they don't really realize, like, the um, implications, the moral implications of what they're doing and eating, I think they should they should at least, uh, they should learn about it, and then they can decide what they want to do. But if they don't even know the implications of what they're eating, they should they should know. They should know that cows and chickens are treated, like, livestock is treated very poorly. Even in Canada. Unless you get free-run eggs. Free-range eggs is uh, actually just a completely, uh, like, just a lie. It's, it's, really? It's, uh, appar- I didn't know that. Apparently, apparently, it's just, like, a buzzword. And just because it says free-range does not mean the chickens are treated well at all. It could mean anything. So there's, the only way to be sure is to actually know the person. <laughs> and <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah. Like so, Malcolm. I'll get, get my stuff from yeah, Malcolm. I, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the only person, the only way to be sure that the animals that you're consuming are, were were treated like fairly and morally, and some people might be may listening to this, might be listening to this and be thinking like, why do you care? They're animals, right? Uh, and we're humans, and the natural order of things is the strong eat the weak, and the strong prevail, the weak die, and like it's the, it's the food chain. But I think I disagree with that in, in mentality completely because it's not just like uh, spiritually or religious or, or like religious at all. It's sort of like. Um, scientifically regardless of the their intelligence and their ability to reason right cows are able to experience emotion and able to experience pain so i don't think they should be treated as poorly nearly as poorly or poorly at all by any means uh just because someone wants to eat the cow if they're treated like if they're living lavish for their entire lives and then are like i are killed ethically then i guess like i can in some way see that it'd be okay to eat it but the idea of killing an animal just to eat it just just so that we can remain alive when it isn't really necessary when we have when we've advanced in as a species to the point where we don't have to rely on that on on hurting other creatures that can feel pain to survive why the heck would you do it that's my that's my uh, opinion on it and um I think people should like, you know, like think, think, really think about the actions they take in regards to food before they decide what to do. I'm not going to judge someone if they've decided what they think is right. I'm just saying what I think, and I think it's 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 uh, my responsibility actually to, you know, like uh, while while I say that, like I'm not going to judge someone for what they think is right. They can continue to eat meat if they want. I am also I also um reserve the right to make decisions make moral decisions based on what i think is right and if that means doing my very best to take down the system that's that's in place that oppresses living creatures 
then I'm going to do that. If I have to put people out of jobs to destroy <laughs> the way the food industry is set up, maybe it's worth it. How can you prove know. cows have emotion, though? How, you, how can you scientifically prove that an animal experiences emotion? Mm. Um, well, see, I don't really know, but I do know that all mammals contain, like, have our brains are developed the point the parts of the brain that are have been studied in humans and in other animals to exhibit emotion are developed and are active in pretty much all mammals so uh like you know i haven't read actual um studies like actual um uh like uh journal articles about it like peer-reviewed journal articles about it but like even someone who has a dog right you probably wouldn't think about eating your dog like your cat like your cat jackson quinn would you contemplate eating him no uh, but i no. had and I, guess what yeah, pigs <laughs> pigs are often compared scientifically to have equal temperaments and if equal if not exceeding intelligence to that of dogs the ability to experience emotion similar to the way dogs do so Eating a pig, in my eyes, is exactly the same as eating a dog. I don't think that's right, so I don't think that you should do it. And cows aren't too far off. But I'm a vegetarian to the point where I'm not going to eat any living creatures because I think there's no, like, if we've advanced to, like I said before, I'm going to repeat myself, if we advance to the point where we don't, as a species, to the point where we don't have to rely on it, if you're in a survival situation, that's completely different. But right, if you're just sitting on your couch, went to the grocery store, buy a chunk of meat, and cooking it, if you have another option, you should take the other option. That's what I think. But yeah, you can you can say what you think now, Quinn. Okay. Um, I don't see as far as this subject goes. I'm not very well immersed uh, inside of the details as much as Jonathan is. So I'll just leave what Jonathan said. Oh, yeah, what he said. Uh, I can't really uh, see myself contributing much to that. But what I do want to talk about is interesting. Uh, as it was uh, disturbing is the dog uh, versus pig inquiry because when you look at your animals that we have around us that are our pets we have a certain idea about them a uh, let's say preconceived notion ever since we were children that you know pets are uh, a nice thing and they're loyal to us and and we love them and then when we think about animals being killed, we don't have that same thing. It's like one person could go to a petting zoo and see a cow and a young child could look at that cow and be like, oh my God, that's such a like nice creature. They might not say it like that, but they could really appreciate that cow being there. And then the next yeah. moment, the family could go out and eat some McDonald's. This is if McDonald's beef is real beef. <laughs> and I highly doubt that little girl has any inclination as to what that burger even came from. She's just like, ah, yes, sustenance. <laughs> she doesn't know what she doesn't know that it once was once a beautiful creature that was just murdered mm. so that someone could have that tasty yeah but salty i flavor <laughs> okay i nice sound effects <laughs> i <laughs> i like uh i was i had to think about this uh, from a little bit of a different perspective inside of a lecture that i have and i forget what lecture it was uh i think it was an english lecture actually and it was a very interesting perspective and it was about gucci the Gucci handbag <laughs> okay. and and priceless paintings. Now this is a thousands very, of snakes are killed very, every year for the Gucci for the Gucci snake. <laughs> <emblem>. <laughs> okay, uh, jokes aside, 
Let's imagine that you are the owner of a very famous art museum. And inside of your art museum, you have some artifacts that are worth millions of dollars. They are very expensive. And amongst some of these artifacts, there are even paintings or sculptures or various other forms of artwork that are considered priceless. Now, for something to be considered priceless, that is of the, that is of the utmost importance for you and maintaining your art museum. You want these priceless items to main to stay inside of your museum as long as they can and they are amongst the biggest attractions for people to come to your art museum because they are seen as the best artworks or they are seen as the unimaginably expensive and unobtainable unobtainable forms of art uh, because of how high up they are now let's say that you have a particular painting inside of your museum that is worth a uh, it is also what what did I what was the term I just used? Why did I just forget it? Unpriceable? No, no. What's it called? Jonathan, help me. Unprecedented? No. Un unpriceable when it, when it's priceless. Priceless. Okay. Now let's say that you have a particular painting inside of your museum that is also priceless and it has a lot of people who come to see it and when you see the painting you're proud of it and a lot of people take pictures beside the painting and they enjoy seeing it. Now let's say that you suddenly find out that this very same painting is indeed a complete false. It is a fake that was recreated by somebody who wasn't the actual artist but the person who recreated it did a very good job of recreating it after all you've had the uh the actual painting inside of your museum for quite some time and they did such a good job of replicating it that you didn't exactly notice when you put it on your wall but you all of a sudden take the painting down because of shame no one is to ever see this painting inside of your museum ever again now I'm wondering why that is the case. Why is it that this painting that provided the same quality as a real version, it still attracted people to your museum? It still provided people with the same feelings that one would have when looking at the real copy. And it still held the same type of quality that could be masked as the real one. So why would you all of a sudden be so upset and so ashamed of this painting just from suddenly realizing that the person who made it has a different name than the person who's supposed to have made it the same idea with a gucci handbag except inside of uh, i guess a more popular sense uh, what if you bought a, a gucci handbag for your significant other and you said listen here you go i appreciate you i bought you this gucci handbag or let's say that you bought a gucci handbag for yourself it might be a little bit easier now, you flaunt off this Gucci handbag, you get some nice looks from people, and some people really compliment you on it, and they ask you where you got it and whatnot, conversation starter, or just something that somebody who doesn't even know you in public could see that and say, wow, that person has a Gucci handbag. That person has a Gucci handbag. But all of a sudden, you realize that it's also a fake, and similar to the painting, it's almost identical to a, a real Gucci, but after figuring out that it's fake Gucci, you go ahead and you throw it away. Oh my god, the real Gucci didn't make this. I can't have this inside of my possession. Why is that the case? Have you ever gone down to go see Mr. Gucci himself? Is Gucci real? 
is Gucci an actual person? Why does the name Gucci represent Enrico so much Gucci, to you? Yeah, of course. Have you gone to see? Have you talked to the Gucci? Even if that Gucci handbag was real, why does that hold such a cultural significance for you? Now, obviously, there is an explanation for the Gucci. There is probably a history of Gucci coming up as a company. Whether or not there is a man named Gucci who is alive today doesn't matter. I can understand why Gucci has become what it is today. But despite that, the same thing comes if the Gucci handbag is fake or if the painting is fake. Why is it that something that provides the same thing for you all of a sudden changes everything when you find out one tiny detail that doesn't really change anything that physical about it? Uh, Interesting. What are your thoughts, Jonathan? I don't know. I think personally I would keep the handbag if it was identical and say it was Gucci because it's Gucci. (laughs) <laughs> no, no one can t- no one can contest no me. No one can tell. So I would sell it actually. No, wait. It depends. Depending <laughs> on how much I bought it for, I would sell it. I'd resell it. Anyway, um the painting, keeping it for yourself uh would be would be like if you know, like once someone knows, then it changes. Like your experience with it changes obviously because like you you know that the actual artist did not make it. So the whole story of how the artists like lived and like how the like are the artists inspiration for like their paintings for example if it was like a van gogh painting mm-hmm. and like it was like completely indistinguishable after you knew it was a fake you would know that like it wasn't made by van gogh's hands so it wouldn't be as special yeah but i'm saying that if you don't know that if you don't know there's no difference yeah there's like, there's no difference and like of course there's no difference and, and that's why it's just a, a weird concept to me of where we place value. I, I also have a, another thing that I'd like to talk about, uh, if you'd let me. Uh, uh, no. No. I'm not going to let you. I want to instead <laughs> talk about um, – I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, uh, but we never really got to it. But We never really got to it. But anyway, um, life and death, the impermanence, the idea of like – Memento mori, or like remember death, it's a sort of a famous sort of mentality. Like everyone's going to die. We need to, like the acceptance of the inevitability of death is more important than people realize, especially in today's society. Um, lots of people are obsessed with like staying alive as long as possible, and they're obsessed with uh, their life. They don't really think about death at all. They're either afraid to think about it. They can't accept that they're going to die, um, and they don't. They don't want to think about it. They wanted to den- deny it, and just they're so afraid of death that they can't even live their life because they don't want to risk dying. Well, your thoughts on it? Um, before I say anything about it, I want your thoughts on it. Um, do you think that you are accepting of your own the inevitability of your own death? How often do you think about this? Uh. What do you think happens after you die? I think we've I think we've talked about the last. Yeah, we've talked about before. that, yeah. We definitely, we definitely, yeah. We okay, we most definitely have, but uh, we haven't really talked about the idea of you know like memento mori. Like people are obsessed with their lives; they don't really think about their deaths. People don't remember death. People don't, and people look at death as a bad thing. Like when you die, it'll be terrible. When some when a loved one dies, it's terrible death and it's in and of itself is a bad and negative thing when I, I want to challenge that and say that it really isn't um the only negative part of someone's death is how it affects others it has nothing to do with them once they're dead even regardless of what you believe you can't change it 
Because regardless of what your religious beliefs are, you can't bring someone back from the dead, so it does not matter for them. For everyone else who's still alive, the, the living should take precedence over the dead, obviously, and they should look at it in the best light possible. And I think uh, a result of this sort of extreme negative kind of connotation that death has sort of like increases the grief that people feel when their loved ones die because it's sort of like they're 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 more attached to their loved ones lives than they would be if they if they really appreciated and accepted that everyone including themselves and and their loved ones will die from the, from the start they wouldn't be so lost and broken and destroyed once they once they realized they had died and they were gone that's anyway so what do you what are your thoughts i i'm definitely a fan of celebrating life after death uh, i think that unless i deem a certain situation of death to be considered a tragedy uh, then i'm definitely a fan of celebrating one's life and celebrating that they had uh, been graced with the opportunity to live and that they have lived certain things and i think that it's very important to to do something like that and i i think as far as my idea of death goes uh i have i have a little bit of a nicer connotation than just death being simply darkness and sadness uh as for myself I think about the coming of death often. I don't think about accepting it. I just think about it in its own right. And I know that if I... Sorry, excuse me. I know that if I were to die now, I wouldn't be happy. Uh, I definitely would consider that a tragedy of in my own life. Not to be self-righteous in any account, uh, but I believe that I'm at an age where I haven't gotten to experience a lot of the things that I think uh, people, majority of people, if you're a good person, <laughs> you deserve okay. to experience. And as a result, if I were to die right now, I w would be very unhappy at that result because I would just hope that I could experience uh, as much uh, as I deem that I would want to experience before that happening. Uh, but yeah, as for... I guess my thoughts are just generally if 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 my grandmother well, were to die right now, I would be sad for not having the opportunity to learn things from her that I hadn't gotten to learn because I've learned several things from my Nona that I really appreciate. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm quite Italian. Uh, so my, my grandmother came from Italy. So she doesn't speak the best English, but I've learned, I've learned several things from her. And I would regret not being able to learn things from her. But other than that, I think that I would really appreciate the life that she lived, uh, what she did for me and my family. And I think that I would take more of a happier connotation with it. Uh, she's getting pretty old. So I think that if you're able to die of old age, that is a fantastic blessing for you to be able to live uh, into old age. And a lot of people don't get to have that opportunity. So yeah, I think I take it a little bit more lighthearted. I don't know how many people are like me as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, definitely a supporter of celebrating life. Okay, okay. I forgot to mention it before, but like, it's not only accepting that you will die eventually, it's also accepting that anyone anyone could die at any moment including you you do not know when you when you will die and it could be at any moment so you should live your life believing you should live your life 
in a way which if you were to die at any given moment you wouldn't be disappointed like you said that you would be you wouldn't be you wouldn't feel like yeah you wouldn't have regrets i um my standards of what i want to achieve before i die are impossible for me to do i'm i'm living my life to achieve those yeah i can't i can't get what i want like for example like I want to see myself through my underground and finding a passion. Like that's one of the things on my bucket list. I want to find my passion. Have I found it yet? No. And I would be disappointed. That's one of the things that I would be disappointed about if I were to die now. Now, in order for me to find my passion, I have to go through the next three years of school because that's my idea. I'm finding out what I'm going to be passionate inside of the educational institution. Now, I can't do that unless I go through the next three years. So as far as me changing the way I'm living, I can't change the way I'm living. I'm in school. I'm, I'm playing the waiting game. You know, I can't exactly, <laughs> I can't exactly fast forward uh, that happening. All right. So yeah, I can't, I, I understand the value of living as if you're going to die at any moment. But as far as the goals that I have in mind that would make me uh, satisfied with my existence and the time that I've spent here, I definitely have to spend time a little bit more time here to get there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't think there's anything Another... I could do in the next month that would change Another that. Another <laughs> thing I wanted to talk to you about was, well, th- these two questions are sort of connected, but okay. When you die, mm-hmm. what do you want to happen at your funeral? Mm-hmm. And what do you want to happen to your remains? Mm. Okay. Well, I think that I think that a little bit like I said I would see my death and I think that I'm, I think the majority of people hopefully uh, who know me would see my death as a tragedy if I died right now <laughs> I think that that goes for anybody who's inside of my friend group I mean sorry not about but you myself you want someone to be sad about your death no, not that I want people to be sad about my death but I would hope that they wouldn't sit there and be like oh yeah fuck Quinn yeah he died who cares I would well, I would hope see- that's not the case Okay. I don't I need people to think that. I wouldn't need people to be okay, sad, whatever. but I just I wouldn't I would hope that people would recognize despite being sad or not. I don't need you to be sad. If if you're so if you're a sociopath, uh, so you, be you. You want them to recognize the loss. Yes. Yeah. I would want them to recognize and I'm saying this the absence of Quinn. Yeah, I'm saying that this I don't want to say this like I said it's out of a self-righteous uh way. I'm saying this for anybody who's inside of my friend group, anybody who's our age, Jonathan. If any of our friends were to die right now, I would want everybody who knew about that happening to know that it is a tragedy. I think that anybody who dies at a younger age, I think that that uh is considered a tragedy. And so yeah, I think that for as far as funeral goes, would you like me to consider if I ha- if I died right now, or would you want me to consider if I actually got to uh, under, live under out my the life? Best terms that you could possibly imagine. What oh, do you want to happen oh, okay. after you at your funeral, and what do you want to happen to your remains? Um. Well, what's happening to your remains shouldn't shouldn't really be changed, regardless of when you die now or okay. Whatever, yeah. So yeah, that's true. For, answer that question first. What's yeah. The, what do you think? What do you want to happen to your remains? Well. As far as I can, I don't know about remains. I'm just going to kind of uh, swing over to if I had the life. I don't know if you've thought about it as much as I have. Yeah, because I, I have. have thought about it. Okay. I have thought about it. I'm, I'm waiting for your. Okay. Hey, let me just say this. I would I would want a colorful funeral. Uh, I wouldn't want you to. Uh, you know how everybody's like dressed in black uh, stereotypically. I wouldn't want yeah. that. I, I would want a colorful funeral. I always. Okay. Okay. I always tinkered. Uh, 
I always take it with the idea of having my body buried to be the nutrients supply for like a tree or something like a like oh, a pear cool, tree. Cool. I really enjoy that idea um, Ooh, because eating the quin pears, eating the quin pears. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy that idea. The only two things that stop me from wanting to do that idea is it's because eventually you'll become shit. No, uh, no. <laughs> number one. Uh, number one is that I don't know how viable it is for a body to supply nutrients for a tree. Like, would that work? I don't know. Number two is that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's viable. Yeah, I think, I think it's you viable. Can already, you can already become a, you can already become a tree, my guy. Oh, okay. Um, it's already like a service that the people provide. Oh, okay. Um, when you hear my stuff, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, and then the second thing is that I. Uh, I've always found myself if something's super popular, then I don't necessarily want to do it. Um, and that's one of the things like if, if everybody was doing that with the tree thing, I would be less inclined to do it. I would be like, I want to do something that's a little bit unique for myself and I would definitely want to rethink it. But as far as right now, I think that's in the running. It's not definitive. And the, the reason that I wanted to, or thought about doing that, I, I have wanted or thought about doing that ever since I was in grade seven, I think. And that tree thing. Yes. Um, because I read a very long book series um, be called the inheritance cycle uh, when, yes, when I was yes, a kid, yes. and uh, that was one of the things I think the last book uh, that one of the characters uh, chose to do that with their remains, and I really liked that as a kid in seventh grade seven. I was like, wow, that's really nice. Uh, I think I am going to. I believe that's the book series that I got it from. I I know that I got it from a book somewhere, but I think that's the one I got it from. Yeah, that, uh, that's about it. Uh, the only other thing that I would say that I want to do, Jonathan, I want to have the most elaborate puzzle after my death that begins. <laughs> I want geocache. the craziest thing. Geocache. No, not not even a geocache. Like I'm talking like have you have you played Uncharted? No. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how many people played Uncharted that are listening to this. Just a crazy like treasure type finding thing where you have to dig in these clues and there's very secret things that reveal the next clue, that reveal the next clue, they reveal the next clue, the very elaborate system that rides upon me like building these systems and creating these weird things until eventually you get some reward. I definitely want to do that. As far as my remains go, eh, sure, you could go under a pear tree. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> uh, as far as like my, what I'm leaving over as a mark for like my family, like I'm creating the amazing race for my family. Like I want to do that. Uh, that's definitely something that I want to do. Just a crazy elaborate thing, a scheme, a plot, and everybody's got to try and do it. I don't know. And uh, whoever gets it, uh, maybe I even I've even toyed the idea of making that entire elaborate puzzle as being made for one specific person in my life prior to my death. This would be something that only I would do if I knew that my time was coming. Right now, I would maybe I have a specific person in mind to give this to and I would make it known to everybody like I would make it so that the puzzle could be known to people but it's only that one person that would be meant to prevail and there's something that they know about me or something unique that they have that I know about that would result in them like getting it in the end all right so I got a humongous advantage <laughs> yes yes you do yes you have a humongous advantage okay okay well tell me tell me your thing you got i i'd say that you'd ha- you have around 10 minutes to do it i guess uh, the time's running out but i'm the, there is no time running out this is not how the podcast works okay well go ahead please tell me your entire i'm saying that this is the last thing though that's what i'm saying all right well jonathan please tell me 
what your plans are. After I die, my skin will be made into a drum. Into a drum? Into a drum. Like uh, as big as a drum as possible? You got a lot of skin. As big as a drum as possible. Well, it shrinks. The skin shrinks if once you turn, once you treat it to so become a drum. So as big as a drum as possible. It might not be that large, but as big as a drum as possible. I'm imagining like um, sort of like a classic imperial drum set sort of thing. Hmm. Uh, because those are like sort of compact and they make like that's kind of disturbing jonathan anyway that's kind of really disturbing your skin my ashes my ashes Mm. so my skin's removed everything else is turned into ashes right and then my ashes are going to be turned into a firework because when you really when you really burn a body all you're left with is carbon that's it if you you do it properly Mm -hmm. and you can use that carbon to make gunpowder and then once you burn that there's nothing left it's just carbon dioxide so anyway I want my ashes to be made into a firework. Okay. And at my funeral, the firework display will go on at the end of the funeral, and my remains will be destroyed. Well, obviously, there will be a drum, but other than that, there will be nothing left. So what's the drum's purpose? The drum's purpose is if anyone feels so inclined, they can play it, play on it. Uh, Probably shouldn't do it more than once a year to maintain its integrity. If not, they can just let it sit there collect dust i don't care uh but uh, i think it's a cool idea i think it's a cool uh, idea that's also slightly disturbing but a cool idea i mean if you do it you, there's no way to you wouldn't be able to tell that it was like human skin right anyway it would just look like a drum but anyway um and as far as like what people wear and, and like you you talked on that uh i don't know maybe people i want people to wear white but uh and i want i want it to be like I will, if obviously this is unrealistic because I can't impose my beliefs on other people, but if people could be as people could be accept, as accepting as my death as possible, as accepting of my death as possible, and be you know, the least sad about it as possible, I would like that because <laughs> you know obviously I don't want people to be uh, to be um, torn up about it or like dwell on it because you know they can't after after I'm dead. Uh, there's no more Jonathan left. Does not matter. I'm just okay. a leaf from the vine. How about this? If if someone, if you wanted a certain instruction to be carried out at your funeral, but okay. after your death, let's say that they didn't do it because they were like, actually no, like we're not gonna do it. What well, would you yes, be I've really upset? Yes, I've already thought of this. Yeah, no, I would not be upset. No. Oh, okay. No. I would be it's upset. Like if, if I was if I was you and I was making the puzzle, right, and I died before I finished it. Mhm. I'd be like, "Oh, well, I guess I didn't finish it." Then I would I wouldn't be that no, upset. No, I'm saying like if I said if I said inside of my will, "Please, I If if, I, if my skin wasn't made into a drum. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your skin Honestly, wasn't made I'd into a Honestly, I'd be a drum. little bit peeved, but I would let I would learn to let it go, but I would be slightly disappointed. I would I, can't lie. I would be mad. I would be mad. <laughs> be like this is this is that was my last my dying wish. wish yeah yeah and you're not completing it like ah oh, just disrespecting my soul damn i'm saying like if i was imagining if i gave everybody instruction please i don't want to i don't want any black at my funeral where colors upon colors super saturation and then the family was just like you know what i don't like that i want a conventional one everybody wear black oh. i would be fucking mad <laughs> anyway 
I, your family just decides for you. Your mom's like, actually, <laughs> somehow your mom's still, you somehow your mom's still alive, and she's like, actually, I like this instead. <laughs> she, would, she would do that. <laughs> she's like, that's weird. No, we can't have that. Our family won't like that. <laughs> oh god. What's Uncle Lonnie gonna think? <laughs> what's Lon? What's Lon? Dude, what's Uncle Lonnie gonna think? Was that is that the name of the uncle? Like the SCP uncle? What's his name? Uncle Johnny. Uncle Johnny. Is, oh, what, is, this, is this what Uncle Johnny's gonna think? Is this what Uncle Johnny? Dude, Uncle Johnny's such okay, a great we guy. We don't have the time to explain it, nor do we have the mental fortitude because it's just that disturbing <laughs> oh uh, my god guys i loved you, when jo- uncle johnny dare, performed that solo on jonathan's skin drum it was so it brought me to tears SCP, uncle johnny just on google <laughs> you'll find it and read it just if you dare uncle johnny uncle johnny anyway okay sorry i'm sorry podcast listeners <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh sorry for ruining your existence with that story but anyway <laughs> one final thing before we end this podcast off mm-hmm. um what did your professor say the meaning of life was? Oh, oh yeah, this is pretty short. Um, I, I this is kind of weird because I don't know. I sent an email to my professor to get him to listen to the podcast. I don't know if he's. Gonna... We're not gonna say his name. It doesn't matter. I no no I'm not gonna say his name, but I'm saying that he might know exactly what we're talking about if he happens to listen to this episode. Don't know. He's gonna be like, wait, oh, oh ah, is this me? I, 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 I my idea. <laughs> okay, so my professor, okay, anyway. uh, my prof- my English professor. Um, or should I even, I don't even say that. I'm just going to say my professor and cut that out. My professor, uh, inside of one of my classes at university, I went to his office hours one time because inside of lecture, he had said that if you wanted to come and talk to him for any reason at all, in fact, he even said, if you would like to come and talk to me, I have a couple things to say on the meaning of life and it would wonderful. It would be wonderful to chat with you. So naturally being the person that you may know me from this podcast to be, I, of course, went to his office hours. I didn't, as according to my schedule for university, I actually was never able to go to his office hours, but one of my tutorials went off early and I ran up to his building that his office was in and I waited for a young girl to exit his office who was talking to him about some project. And so I sat down in front of him to talk to him about this and he... And he immediately was like, oh, so we're going to talk about this project that we have coming up. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk about the project. I want to talk about the meaning of life. And I remember him looking at me and being like, wow, gosh, you you look starkingly similar to me. I, I, I don't know why I'm even hitting on this. I, I oddly looked a lot like him, which was kind of weird. Anyways, Wait, you were thinking that or he said that? He said that. He said that. And I okay. believe in him. Okay, okay. Um, anyways, so, uh, wait, wait, is he crazy or do you actually believe him? No, no, we don't. We look alike. Oh, okay. Especially when I have my glasses on. Anyways, I, uh, I was talking to him about, I was like, yeah, so what did you have to say about the meaning of life? And now what he proposed, not to say that I have the meaning of life to share with you guys. Uh, what he had to propose was more of some ideas that kind of go on the track of how to appreciate the life that you're living in. And now he, he said to me, the conversation that I was having with him, the conversation that we are having, this conversation is more important to me than what I was doing many minutes before I even got to my office or when I'm doing mundane activities. This conversation that we have, it's real, it's tangible. I feel it and, and I'm enjoying it and I'm glad to be having this discussion with you. Now, now look at now look at the bookshelves on the wall that I have behind me. He had many bookshelves with, uh, behind him. He said, all of those books there and I haven't read all of them. I, mind you, I've read a lot of them, but there is 
knowledge inside of there that I've never been able to access. And there are things inside of there, there's possible lessons that could change my life. There are so many things inside of those books that I may never lay my eyes on or I may never come to read. And so when we're talking about the meaning of life, he meant to kind of pass on this idea that if you could make every moment like the conversation, if you could make every moment that enjoyable clutter, that in, that enjoyable, tangible sense of meaning, then perhaps you could arrive at a place where life was actually meaningful, where life actually came to be something of importance and something of value. And those books that were behind me inside of that room, uh, those books just represent the kind of possibilities of where things go. I, I'm, I'm kind of forget exactly because our, our conversation sidetracked, but I'm sure that you could gather some sort of abstract meaning from what I've said on this conversation. It was pretty interesting. And I think that I can't exactly impart or pass on uh, the exact uh, feeling that I got and the exact meaning that I got from speaking this now. Uh, it's probably more something that's just going to be personal to me, but that's as much as I can really recall and uh, care to explain with as much detail as I deem necessary to get the meaning across. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, that uh, he well, that's what he has had to say about it, or as much as I can recall, like I said. And I thought that it was very nice to hear. I don't know. I have uh, I've thought significantly on it. Uh, th- thoughts that are a little bit uh, more personal, I guess. So not exactly right. discussing here, but yeah, it was a okay, great conversation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're listening to this, uh, professor, it, thank you very much for that conversation. I would love to have more of those, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I love that conversation. <laughs> okay. Listeners, listeners, uh, speaking of like the meaning of life and sort of, um, I recently rewatched Avatar, the last airbender. <laughs> Quinn laughs because he hasn't seen it, but it is more Dude, Apu. Dude, Apu. He's my okay, favorite. Okay. <laughs> Quinn laughs because he doesn't. He hasn't seen it. But it is. If you haven't seen it, I urge you to watch. Dude, are you it. kidding? That part where Apu does the thing, I believe. Dude, that part where Apu does it. He does the okay. thing. He does the jumbo. He does, yeah, dude, yeah, Apu. Yeah, dude, yeah, my yeah, best. Okay. Oh, that part when Apu did that, okay. dude. When Prince Zuko arrives in Bossing Se, this great Earth Kingdom city, he doesn't really like it there, and he felt trapped. Basically, he's this character who's like. He used to be the prince of the Fire Nation, and he's like lost his honor, and he has to capture the Avatar so he can like have his father love him and whatever, right? He's obsessed with like, uh, like getting his destiny, which he's he's obsessed with find, like capturing the Avatar so that he, he will find his father's acceptance. But his uncle, his uncle Iroh, sort of like his, his his real father figure, someone who actually cares about him. His father doesn't care about him, but Zuko doesn't want to believe that. Zuko's in denial about that, and his uncle realizes that. Life is what you make of it, and Zuko should look at, think about like what he actually wants for his life rather than just doing what his father wants. And um, when they made it to the Earth Kingdom city, uh, they had the opportunity of like opening their own tea shop, and his uncle was like, "Oh, this is great." And then Zuko was like, "No, uncle, like this isn't a place I want to make my life in." And then um, and then Iroh says, "Life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not." And I think that is uh, more profound than most of the list, most of the viewers of the show being children really appreciate it but uh damn that makes me want to watch avatar <laughs> that sounds that sounds that sounds dope that sounds nice uncle iroh is like the um, most amazing character let me read something else he said pride is not the opposite of shame but its source 
true humility is the only antidote to shame. Man's is spitting some proverbs. Man's is spitting some proverbs. He he do be spitting though. Anyway, I've gone on a tangent, listeners. We need to end this podcast before you guys die. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, because it could happen at any moment. So please live your life to its very fullest, everyone listening. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have this uh, podcast experience with you and a little bit more of a spiritual episode, a little bit more of an ethical (laughs) episode. But, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, if you guys want to talk to us about anything, uh, state your piece. If you want to argue with me about the morality of the food industry <laughs> and, cows. and say how much of a dumbass I am, I urge you to. I would love have. I would love to have that conversation with you, and uh, I will try to be as respectful as possible talking to talking to anyone about any belief. Um, so you can reach me uh on my email jonathan feltron zero one at gmail.com that's j-o-n-a-t-h-a-n-f-e-l-t-r-i-n zero one at gmail.com thank you for listening and have a great night yes this has been zoned out